0: Locked on Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, January 4th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds, and it's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., it's all for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And tonight, folks, the Hawks are back in action at the United Center to take on. A tough, tough Colorado Avalanche team that currently has the best point percentage in the entire Western Conference. It's going to be another real tough test for the Chicago Blackhawks. So on the show today, folks, I'll go over a full preview of tonight's matchup with the Avs, breaking down the Blackhawks' projected lineup and going over some of their latest roster moves. And then I'll also discuss Mark andre Fleury being in line to get his first start since way back before the Christmas pause. And then to wrap things up, I'll also provide a quick couple of updates on the Rockford Ice Hogs' COVID-19 situation. All that and more right here on Lockdown Black. Blackhawks. All right, to start things off today, folks, let's get into a little preview of the Blackhawks matchup tonight with the 18-8-2 Colorado Avalanche, who are currently sitting in the first wildcard spot in the Western Conference, but that's only because they've played just 28 games so far this season. That's the lowest among all teams in the West, and as I said earlier, the abs have the best point percentage in the entire conference, and they also have the top offense in the entire NHL. They're averaging 4.2 goals per game right now. So needless to say, that this is going to be a, <laughs> a big, big challenge for a Blackhawks team that's currently in the midst of a four-game losing streak, stemming back to before the Christmas pause. Two of those did come in overtime, but they have still dropped four in a row, and they are also outscored... 11-2 in their two games over the weekend against the Nashville Predators and Calgary Flames. I mean, I'm honestly a little scared for this contest tonight against the Avs. Like, if the Blackhawks don't show any real improvements and don't tighten things up and, and stop making so many careless mistakes, this could be another 5-1 to or 6-1 to route on our hands tonight, folks. This Avalanche team... They can make you pay in a hurry with all the offensive talent that they possess. I mean, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landis-Cog, Miku Rantanen, Kale McCarr has 13 goals already this season, which is insane. Uh, Nazem Kadri, I believe, is on an eight-game point streak. Andre Burakovsky is their leading goal scorer. (laughs) Like, this is an absolutely loaded Avs team. That's thinking Stanley Cup or Bust this season. That's the level that they're on. and. The Blackhawks aren't, they're they're just not nearly there right now. I mean, sure, they have been a lot more competitive than they were early on. You know, our consistency has been better under Derrick King for the most part, not so much as of late. Um, But as a whole on the season, they have been more competitive than they were early on under Jeremy Colleton. But there is still a clear gap most nights between the Blackhawks and the top teams in the league when they face them, especially as of late Calgary, Nashville. You know, those are two of the top teams in the Western Conference this season, and they absolutely took it to the Hawks when they weren't at their best. And that's what will likely occur once again here tonight if uh, the Blackhawks, you know, come out with the same style that they did over the weekend and don't come out with a good enough fight. You know, I I feel like, They basically have to be at their best for this one to even be close here. And one thing I definitely want to talk about, too, they definitely cannot let Colorado dominate the special teams battle. That's probably my number one key to victory here tonight for the Blackhawks. They have been atrocious on both sides of special teams as of late. The penalty kill is like, I I saw a tweet from uh, John Dietz, I think, I'm not sure over how many games, but over ten, the last 10 games or something like that, the Blackhawks' penalty kill is at 50%. Like, it's dreadful. And then the power play, while they have, I, I will say, they have been moving the puck better. And I, and I like the new focus to... The, the focus on getting the puck into Kirby Dock at the bump roll. Patrick Kane has made more of an effort in these past couple of games to try to feed the puck to Doc in that slot. And I talked about this on the show yesterday. The Blackhawks don't get nearly enough chances from those high danger areas. So I like to see the mindset change to try and get the puck to dock there in the middle. I'd also like to see Jonathan Taze have a different mindset and just stuff the puck to the net like he did a ton when he was younger. I feel like I haven't seen him do that in ages. Just take the puck to the net, Johnny. Make the defense respect you down there. It's going to open things up for everyone else on that power play. Um, so hopefully tonight will be the night that the Blackhawks are finally able to cash in on the man advantage. Uh, but e- even more importantly than that, I think, is just the the PK cannot allow the abs to be rattling off power play goals. That's how this is going to become a lopsided affair in a hurry. Um, You know, I know that's easier said than done going up against the top offense in the NHL and the 8th best power play. But the Hawks just, they've let their penalty kill torch them during this four-game losing streak. And, you know, when the power play and, and the offense as a whole isn't quite clicking right now, it's even more critical to be able to kill off penalties of your own because that's how the score becomes, you know, that, that's how we started to see these six to one and five to one losses like we did over the weekend. Um and and as I talked about, Colorado has the skill set and the offensive fire to make you pay for your mistakes in a hurry. So the Blackhawks gotta tighten things down when they're on the PK. And I really believe that's the number one key um The Hawks need to put this PK skid to a halt if they want any chance of snapping this current losing skid that they're on. My other key to victory is the Blackhawks need to be the grindier team. Let's get this straight. Blackhawks, they're not going to outskill the Colorado Avalanche. That's that's just not going to happen. But I think they kind of need to take a page out of the Nashville Predators page this weekend. And be the grindier team. You don't have to be the team that wins the the shots on goal battle. But you got to take advantage of your opportunities. And you got to cause havoc. Nashville, I believe, had three goals scored from the point with traffic in front. The Blackhawks need to take a page out of the Preds playbook. Get to the front of the net. Take away the eyes of the Avs goaltender. If that's Darcy Kemper, he's in the midst of a five-game winning streak right now. The Hawks need to make life tough on him. Get bodies in front of the net and do not refuse any shots on goal. When you're struggling offensively, it's never a bad idea to throw the puck on that. I don't care where it's from. Good things can happen at any time. Who knows? Maybe you'll get a bounce off of one of their defensemen's skate. They all count the same. I think it's really crucial that the Blackhawks don't turn away any shots here tonight, because you got to keep up with the best offense in the NHL. You can't be passing up scoring opportunities whenever you get them, and I think that's especially key for the Blackhawks defensemen. Sometimes I feel like they're so worried that the defenders in front of them are going to block the shot. I get that, but make them not want to block the shot. Make them earn it. Make them hurt for their reward. If you're passing up on those opportunities, you're doing them a favor. You're not making them earn it in any sense. The Blackhawks defenseman should shoot the puck as often as possible tonight, and the forwards got to try to crash in that and make, make things happen. Again, the Hawks are not going to outskill the Avs. They're not going to win, you know, the transition battle. They're not going to be the faster team through the neutral zone. That's Colorado's bread and butter. So I think it's really important that the Blackhawks do those little things well. Forecheck hard. You know, try not to let Colorado skate up the ice with speed and shoot the puck. Get bodies in front of the net and cause some havoc. I think that's the only way the Hawks even stand a chance of coming away with a victory here tonight at the United Center. All right, there are some quick thoughts on the Blackhawks matchup with the Avalanche tonight. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to go over the Hawks' projected lineup as well as Marc-Andre Fleury slated to make his return in net. But first, I need to talk to you all about Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, then they need to get Primal. And maybe you're the guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product, but Primal Origin oils will stop the itch and will make your beard look healthy and groomed. Primal Origin Oils also makes balms, oils, and whipped butters that are known as the best feel and beard products available. That is because the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rosehip, and chia seed oil are all included in the ingredients. And they're all products fair trade certified and handcrafted right here in the U.S. of A. And we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients to the other companies that you've used in the past. We promise you that you will see and feel the difference and right now remember the code LOCKEDON one word in all caps gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com just use the promo code LOCKEDON that's one word in all caps at checkout for 20% off at primaloriginoils.com Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now on the show today, let's move on into the Blackhawks' projected lineup for their contest tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. First, right before the morning skate, the Hawks made a couple of quick roster moves, which was to activate forward Mackenzie Entwistle from the taxi squad, while Josiah Slavin has officially been returned to the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL. And honestly, when Entwistle was scratched on Sunday against Calgary, that really took me back as a bit of a surprise. And I, I know that following the game, Coach Derek King said that there were just some players on Saturday against Nashville that weren't ready to play simply, so I I do wonder, you know, if Entwistle was one of those guys that Kinger was talking about, Um, because other than that, I I just didn't really understand why they would scratch Mack or just returning off an injury when uh, I think... When healthy, you know, as a young player in his NHL career so far, he's shown some good flashes here at the NHL level, especially being one of the few uh, bottom six forwards that can contribute offensively this season, one of the few bottom six players with uh, three goals on the year. I know that's not really saying much because the Blackhawks as a whole can't score, but Macker is one of the few who's proved that he can find the back of the net inside the bottom six. And, And, you know, with the offense only netting one goal on Saturday against the Preds, I just found that to be um, an interesting decision from Derek King for sure. But it looks like Entwistle will be back in the lineup tonight, replacing Slavin, who, um, you know, I think looked okay from time to time in his first NHL stint. His NHL debut against the Caps was definitely his best game. He looked great there. Um, but ever since, I just don't think we really saw enough consistently for him to be, you know, in the lineup on a regular basis, and when that's the case with young players, you know, the organization would undoubtedly prefer to have them playing regularly in a larger role down with the Rockford Icehogs, so that move makes sense, and also, with the Icehogs slated to return to the ice rather soon, which is some great news, I'll have plenty more on that later on in the show, Um, but with Rockford coming back, it also does make sense to return Josiah Slaven, and we could also see defenseman Alec Regula on that same path possibly in the coming days. But getting now into the Blackhawks' projected lineup for tonight against the Avs, once again at the morning skate here, Derek King decided to switch up the forward lines and the defensive pairings after those uh, back-to-back embarrassing performances over the weekend. Starting with the forward group, though, The new top line for the Hawks is Brandon Hagel, Henrik Borgström, and Patrick Kane. So, King has separated Dabrinkit and Kane here once again, which I know is going to drive a ton of Blackhawks fans out there crazy. And while I don't exactly love that idea myself, you know, after that line of, uh, after that top line with Dabrinkit on it was, you know, really the only one to do anything at all against the Flames on Sunday, I. Do get that the rest of the forward group w- was pretty much non-existent over the weekend, and I do agree that there needs to be more balance overall. After after what we saw, I get I get why King is trying everything and anything right now because obviously <laughs> what he had been going with, you know, as a whole, wasn't working all that well. And one thing I want to remind fans out there who you know are. Reaching to their phone right now to scream about splitting up Kane and DeBrinket. If things go bad early on for the Blackhawks' offense, I mean, I do fully expect King to pair those two back together. Like it's it's not like Kane and DeBrinket are never going to be playing on the same line ever again. Let let's not act like that. You know, King is is just trying some different looks right now, and I can't really blame him after the offense put up a whopping two goals in two games over the weekend, so I can't really blame him for trying new things, and if that doesn't work either, then I do expect Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane to return skating on the same line together. The second line during the morning skate was, that's where we found Alex Dabrinkit in his new home. He was skating on the second line with Jonathan Tays and Dominic Kubalik, and that's the second line that, to me, if they can get rolling and clicking and establishing some chemistry together, and we know that Taves and Kubalik, they've had success together in the past. During Kubelik's rookie year, I mean, those two were tremendous together. And and with Debrinkit joining them, being the lone consistent goal scorer for this team right now, I really like the potential that trio has. They just need to put it all together and and an emphasis on need because the Blackhawks' offense desperately needs some help right now. And, And in my opinion, there's really no excuse for that line not to be providing because, you know, they have a little bit of everything there. They got Kubelik, who who's a sharpshooter. I know he hasn't shown it much this year, but this is a guy who was shooting 15% over his first two years in the NHL. I mean, he was finding the back of the net at will. Jonathan Taze, well it has been a struggle for him as well. He started to heat up as of late and um, is always a reliable two-way player, the one guy who can win a face-off for this team. And I don't even have to talk about Alex Debrinkett. He's one of the elite goal scorers in the National Hockey League at, at a young age already. And um, yeah, in my opinion, there there's no reason for that second line not to have success together. The third line, which had been Dominic Kubelik, Kirby Dock, and Kurashev for the past, what, near a month now, honestly. I don't remember exactly what date that game was against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but those three have been together for, yeah, pretty close to a month now. Um, but, of course, they were finally split up with Kubelik jumping up in the lineup. But Kurchev and Doc, those two did remain together on the third line this morning, and Mackenzie Entwistle was the one to join them on the right wing. And my one gripe about that decision, folks, is... That leaves Dylan Strome down on the fourth line with Jujar Cara and Curtis Gabriel. What are we doing? And, you know, I I don't want to, like, make that seem like I have anything against Entwistle. That's not the case at all. I do not mind seeing Entwistle get a bump up in the lineup. As I said, he's been one of the few bottom six guys that has shown a goal-scoring ability this season. I know three goals, and uh, he hasn't played the full 30, but... Three goals isn't a lot, but it's better than the rest of the group, so um, I, I don't disagree with Entwistle getting a bump in a lineup, but when that demotes Strom down to the fourth line, that, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all, because even Derek King himself has said that it doesn't really make sense to use Strom with grinders. He's an offensive-minded guy. He needs to be playing with playmakers. King said that himself, so I just don't really get why he's down there with Jujar Kara and Curtis Gabriel. By the way, Ryan Carpenter appeared to be the odd man out at the morning skate, but when I saw Strom down there on the fourth line, that kind of made me wonder, you know if he could be a, a last-minute healthy scratch tonight because we, we've we seen that happen in the past when it looks like Stromer is going to play a smaller offensive role. So that's definitely one thing to keep an eye on once the Hawks do hit the ice for their pregame warm-ups ahead of their 7.30 start against the Avs tonight. And by the way, sorry folks, but this is one of those games that's strictly on Hulu and ESPN plus It will not be televised in the Chicago land area. I know all you listeners out there do not like that change that the NHL has made, but I would not be doing my job here properly if I did not all if I did not warn you all that this will not be a cable televised game in the Chicago area. But as for the defense, um, King also. Switched around the pairings a little bit this morning. He had Jake McCabe and Seth Jones serving as the top pairing. And for the most part this season, Calvin DeHaan has been the one on the left side with Seth Jones up top. Um, But DeHaan actually skated with Connor Murphy on the second pairing this morning, which if you all remember a couple years back, um, or even as early as the first half of last season, that's reuniting what used to be the shutdown pairing for the Blackhawks prior to the Jake McCabe signing in the offseason. So I'm curious to see if uh, those two, Dehan and Murphy, will have success being reunited together tonight. And then the third pairing at the morning skate was Riley Stillman and Caleb Jones, meaning that, yes, Eric Gustafson appears to be the seventh defenseman tonight against the Avs, which is music to my ears because there, there's just, No reason, in my opinion, to be playing Eric Gustafson at this point. His game is offense, yet he doesn't really provide this team with any. He has just three points in his last 21 games, and the defense continues to be a disaster. I mean, over the weekend, he was putrid. I wanted to throw up every time I saw him on the ice. I was screaming at my television damn near every shift that Eric Gustafson had, so um, I just don't really know what he provides to this team right now, you know, like, if he's not helping us on the power play, and he's not helping us offensively, the dude's got one goal in 30 games, like, wh- what is he here for still, and I completely agree with the decision to play, both Caleb Jones and Riley Stillman, both of which are, are still very young into, the, into their NHL careers, I'd much rather get those guys experience in the lineup and, and, you know, kind of see what happens down the road over Eric Gustafson, who we already know what he is basically at this point in his career, and there's a reason he's bounced around the league so often. Uh, since his first stint with the Blackhawks. It's because he's not an NHL regular, so why not give the younger kids an opportunity to play over And I think it only makes sense, especially um, when he's not providing offensively and the defensive side of his game continues to be a, a massive question mark. Last in net for the Blackhawks will be none other then Mark andre Fleury-Flower will be making his return to the lineup tonight after being in COVID protocol for the past week or so. He was actually cleared for Sunday's game against the Flames, but with him not being on the ice since before Christmas, you know, I understood why King decided to go with Arvid Soderblom, and it wound up being a fine decision because Arvid Soderblom was not the reason the Blackhawks lost that game on Sunday. It could have been like 9-1 to had it not been for Arvid Soderblom's efforts in his first NHL start at 22 years old. Another quick tip of the cap for uh, to Arvid Soderblom because I think he performed... <laughs> a million times better than we all expected him to. Uh, not, not that that's any knock against him, but being 22 years old, going up against a tough Flames team with the Blackhawks clearly not playing their best hockey, especially on the defensive side of things. You know, it definitely could have been a whole lot worse had Arvid Soderblom not been standing on his head there. Um, but it'll definitely be a warm welcome back for Mark Andre Fleury here tonight, and he undoubtedly gives the Blackhawks the best chance to possibly steal this game here. I don't even, you know want to think what what could possibly happen if Soderblom was forced to be a net here against this top offense in the NHL. So again, that's just a huge boost to the lineup. Marc-Andre Fleury is set to make uh, his first start since way back on December 17th against the Nashville Predators. And in his last 12 starts prior to being put in COVID protocol, Fleury holds an 8-3-1 record along with two shutouts. So. Hopefully he'll be able to pick up right where he left off prior to being placed in COVID protocol because the Blackhawks definitely will need him on his A game to even stand a chance against a real solid avalanche squad here tonight. All right, that takes care of the Blackhawks' projected lineup tonight against Colorado. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to provide an update on the latest news from the Rockford Icehawks regarding their COVID-19 outbreak. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment three, real quick. Before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your days, I also wanted to provide a positive update that came from the Rockford Icehawks on Monday afternoon regarding their situation with COVID 19. Going back to last week, there was an announcement made from Rockford that they had 10 players, including prospects like Lucas Reichel, Ian Mitchell. Nicholas Bodan, among many others, as well as both coaches, Anders Sorensen, interim head coach, and Jaron Nightingale, assistant coach, all were in COVID protocol. 12 people total in Rockford were in COVID protocol. But according to the Ice Hogs, everyone finally was able to clear on Monday, which now puts the team in line to return to game action on Friday against the Chicago Wolves. So some great news coming from down in Rockford, and um, that will also allow the Blackhawks to be a little more free with their decisions on uh, the active roster and the taxi squad. We've we've already seen um, Josiah Slavin return to Rockford this morning, and you know with the team returning to action this week, that makes sense. I also would probably expect. Defenseman Alec Ragula, uh, to possibly be headed back there as well in the next couple of days, because it, it just makes sense to be giving those younger prospects some more game action and to have them be regularly playing as opposed to just, you know, practicing with the NHL guys every now and then. Uh, and I think the Blackhawks only practice twice until like the 20th of January. They're going to have uh, a pretty busy next couple of weeks here. So uh, it's just great to hear that, you know. No, there wasn't anything too serious coming from that COVID outbreak. Everyone appears to be fine now, and just great to hear that the ice hogs are, are going to be up and running again here any day now. And that will also definitely help the case of giving top prospect Lucas Reichel some more game experience before. Eventually the Blackhawks call him up to the NHL level later on in the season. Derek King actually just talked about this with the media minutes ago, folks. Derek King said hopefully they'll see Lucas Reichel soon enough because they could use someone like him, but he hasn't been able to practice or play much lately because he was in COVID protocol, and prior to that, he was in concussion protocol as well. So the Blackhawks uh, definitely are trying to get Lucas Reichel ramped up in an effort to call him up to the NHL level. Derrick King Basically said that's going to happen whenever he just gets some more experience under his belt. He said we could definitely use someone like him, a fresh body. So, Lucas Reichel sounds like he's going to be up at the NHL level sometime rather soon here, folks. The top prospect in the Blackhawks organization, and he's been phenomenal went healthy down with Rock for the season, and looks like he has, you know, all the tools in his bag. Not only is he a gifted offensive prospect, but he also has great speed to him and a phenomenal two-way game. That's kind of why he has transitioned to center in the past two years when he was still playing over in Germany in the DEL, playing professional hockey at 17 and 18 years of age. Their coach, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, which is a shame, but whoever he is, shout out to you, buddy, because he made the decision to switch Lucas Reichel to the center ice position because he's a great skater and he's so responsible defensively and that opens up, uh, I think, a world of more possibilities for Reichel with his skill set that he has, so uh, definitely excited. and. Definitely super cool to hear uh Blackhawks interim coach Derek King say that he's hopeful that top prospect Lucas Reichel will be able to join them up at the NHL level sometime uh, rather soon here, folks. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, January 4th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free. Right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go ooh, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets Podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks. Blowout specials, wrong team favor picks, and even Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at talkin' hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.